and welcome to the BDE Best Department Ever's Chat About Taxes. Today, <laughs> today, we're hoping to convince you that no service member or spouse should be paying state taxes. I'm Major Kira Riggs. I'm a former bankruptcy civilian attorney and currently a professor of administrative and civil law at the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School where I manage courses related to tax law and preparation. And I am joined by Major Kyle Bergamy, who's the current Deputy SJA at Fort Rucker and previously served in my current position as the T. Jaglick's estate planning professor. Um, he's also a lifelong student of finance. To be clear, before we get into this, uh, we're not telling anybody to engage in tax fraud. But we are saying now might be a good time for you to start thinking about retirement. Your mom told you so. It's the financially smart thing to do. Um, but most relevant to today's topic, it might save you and if you're married, your spouse, a lot of time and money. But no, don't defraud the government. Always a bad idea. So with that fine print under our belt, most people have some ideas or assumptions when it comes to the military that most of the audience probably listening to this can relate to. Service members deploy a lot. Service members spend a lot of time away from their families. Service members move every two to three years. And it's that last one that we're really going to talk about today. Because moving every two to three years demands a lot of effort and changes on the entire family unit. It's enrolling children in new schools. If you have a spouse that works, it's that spouse finding a new job every move including any credentialing that might be necessary to even be employable in that state. And prior to 2009, spouses were required to change their residency every single move. Multiple tax forms, loss of benefits by filing married, filing separate, whole host of other complications, especially tax complications. But, Kiara, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing, I am doing great. Just living the dream. Nothing uh, there better is than a talking there. about taxes. Yeah, absolutely. But in 2009, Congress passed the Military Spouse Residency Relief Act, typically known as MISRA. Prior to MISRA, service members could maintain their residence when the military sent them to a new state, but spouses had to change their residency, which I think you were alluding to earlier. Uh, so MISRA really changed all of that. Recognizing the burden and confusion of residency, that particular law, MISRA, changed things to allow both the service member and the spouse to keep the same state of residency even after they relocated pursuant to military orders. So if both a service member and a spouse were living in Florida, for example, then the service member received orders to PCS to Kentucky both the service member and the spouse could maintain Florida as their residency unless they chose to change it. Why does that matter, Kyle? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Kiara. It's because every person, including service members and their spouses, have to adhere to tax laws in their state of residency. Florida, uh, as most people are familiar, doesn't have an income tax. It, so, you know, in that case, if both the service member and the spouse retain Florida as their state of residency, they are not paying Kentucky's 5% uh, income tax rate. I, I'm, I'm just speculating. I don't know for a fact that it's 5%, but whatever it is. For a single income family making, I'll just make it easy on myself, $60,000 a year, that'd be $3,000, you know, a year in savings. So to think about that in the inverse, if a military family was living in Kentucky and paying 5% uh, 
state taxes under MISRA in 2009 when they moved to Florida. Again, they could both at that point in time change their state of residency to Florida. Okay, I'm following so far. Uh, okay, good. But MISRA back in 2009 didn't allow, what it didn't do is it did not allow service members and their spouses to just kind of willy-nilly choose a state residence in any state they wished. The residency had to be established first and the move had to have been made pursuant to military orders. That, that kind of changed in 2019 with the Veterans Benefits and Transitions Act of 2018. So Act of 2018 implemented in 2019 or VBTA. So really what the VBTA did for tax years of, of 2019 going forward, was it allowed a service member spouse to adopt that service member's state of residency, even if the couple never shared the resident state? So even if they had never cohabitated in that state, the, the spouse could still adopt the service member state uh, of residence. So even if they never had that physical presence under VBTA, the spouse could elect that when filing their tax return, no physical presence, no other connection to the state, as long as it was the service member that had that legal residence. And then all it took was for the service member to maintain legal residence, where we get into some legalese with an intention of making the declared state their residence. So some of our listeners might ask, how does a service member declare such an intention? There's a million ways, not quite, but pretty close. <laughs> Voter registration, maintaining a permanent home in that state. And these are all independent. One could be good enough if you have that intention. Getting a driver's license in that state, registering vehicles in that state, changing your will, sidebar, also a free service through legal assistance, anything like that that reflects an intention to reside in the new state. Then with a flick of a pen or a digital signature, at the finance office, DD Form 2058, State of Legal Residence Certificate. Just like that, the service member is now a Florida resident or resident of ideally any other non-income taxing state. So to reiterate, a service member can't just pick Florida based on an intent in their head. There's still a legal definition. Domicile is a physical presence plus an intent to remain. Determined by objective factors, some of the things we went over. Getting a free will is a good one to declare your residency in Florida. Other ones that might apply, social clubs, professional licenses, somehow availing yourself of state benefits, hunting, fishing license, which might even uh, be free for service members. Then as long as there's that objective basis for domicile in a state without state tax, VBTA 2019 says your spouse can also get that benefit. And unlike the service member, there's no requirement for the civilian spouse to even have an intent to remain in that state permanently. But wait, there's even more. It not only applies to state income taxes, but to local taxes such as vehicle use taxes, voter registration, stuff like that. So, you know, let's say you have Private Snuffy. Private Snuffy was born and raised in the Big Apple. And if you're not familiar, New York is one of the highest income tax rates in the nation. So the Army thought he would excel, obviously, at Fort Drum. Private Snuffy hates the cold weather, though. He has no intention of ever living there. And he knows the sunny, hurricane-prone beaches of Florida are probably where he's going to end up. He creates a will in Florida. He talks to his finance office. He switches his state of residence to Florida. And he stops paying the 8-plus percent New York state tax rate. After two cold winters, barely 
you know, warmer summers at Fort Drum. Private Snuffy meets the woman of his dreams. He puts his knee in the snow. He proposes to her during a snowshoeing trip on the Black River Trail, and they get married on the first day. Their windshield wipers don't stick to the car. His wife, also a native New Yorker who can't imagine ever leaving, looks at her paycheck and decides then and there that she's sick of paying state taxes. She talks to a legal assistance attorney who tells her she can use her husband's state of residence, Florida, when filing her tax return. Prior to VBTA 2019, Private Snuffy's spouse would not have been able to elect Florida. Both prior to and under MISRA, she would have been stuck with New York, the place she and Private Snuffy lived together until they moved to a different state. She would have been stuck paying New York state taxes, essentially. But thanks to VBTA 2019, she can elect Florida, the same residence as Private Snuffy, although she has no personal ties with Florida. The wonderful news about this is it means military couples no longer have to file different state tax returns. So the overall tax burden, when we're looking at taking care of soldiers, the overall tax burden on military families can be reduced. So 82% of our military, give or take, is enlisted. E4 is making less than $30,000 per year for the entire household. This is going to put more money in their pockets. This is why we care. This is why we're doing this episode. There was an interesting study that uh, came out, I guess, a couple of years ago now. That was 2023. But 2021, there was a military <laughs> family lifestyle survey um, that found three things I thought were interesting to note, important to note for this podcast. One of the first things was that nearly 25% of the family respondents responding to that survey, their top concern was military quality of life, including the difficulties of relocating. One of the top contributors to financial stress was spouse unemployment or underemployment. And the third thing I wanted, I noted from the survey was that relocation and PCS issues were one of the top five issues affecting military families. So it kept coming up. So for a lot of our judge advocates and lawyers listening, if this information might not help them personally, they might already know this, but they need to know this in order to educate formations if they're battalion or brigade judge advocates. For our legal assistance attorneys, they need to know it to help their clients, especially another plug given our relatively new statutory mission to provide tax advice. But it's also important to our commanders because it's a readiness thing. Yeah, I mean, playing devil's advocate, state taxes are important, right? State governments use taxpayer dollars to fund road maintenance law enforcement, other public services. And if the state isn't getting that money through state income taxes, it typically collects it from other taxes, property taxes, sales taxes, et cetera. For example, Nevada doesn't have an individual income tax. It has a state sales tax rate of, if I remember correctly, 6.85%, making it number seven on the list of states with the highest sales tax rates. So when you have to replace your refrigerator, hopefully you were saving money, you weren't paying in income taxes because sales tax make up that, uh, sales taxes that make up that $1,000 refrigerator, 1080, plus any additional local taxes. Texas doesn't have any individual income tax, but according to the Tax Foundation, Texas homeowners pay an average of 1.6% of their home value in property taxes. So again, using kind of even numbers, let's say there's a, a $300,000 home, that's $4,800 in property taxes per year. 
Now, Texas also offers a partial property tax exemption for partially disabled veterans based off the percentage of service-connected disability, but all this is to say the state is going to get their money, and do you really know where you're going to retire? My, my ultimate point is taxes aren't the only factor that affect where you're going to permanently reside. In fact, there's a great website for comparing all these benefits available to service members by state or territory, tax benefits, education benefits, employment benefits, health insurance benefits, etc. That website is My Army Benefits, all just one word, myarmybenefits.us.army.mil. However, you know, if your decision is at least partially motivated by escaping income taxes, it is important to compare all the cost of living uh, and benefits based off your discharge and status. State taxes just aren't something a lot of soldiers think about. And yet indirectly them, their spouses, they're affected and they feel the effects of these state taxes. They're upset when they're losing money from their paychecks. They lose benefits if they're filing separate from their spouse because they didn't know they could file jointly. There's frustration if they unnecessarily change their residency every PCS because that's how they did it the first 20 years of their career. There's enough challenges being a service member or a service member spouse. Maybe just make it a little easier, at least while you're dealing with everything else that comes with serving in the military. Or if you can't think of any other reason, who doesn't want to retire to Florida anyway? Or Texas. (laughs) Or Texas. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Kyle. We hope you all enjoy the rest of your day and have a wonderful, peaceful 2022 filing season. Take care, everybody. The views expressed or implied on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the United States Army JAG Corps or other organizations with which the participants are associated or by whom they are employed.